Greetings from the Pumpkin Patch and welcome Halloweeniacs to the Jack-O-Lantern Press Podcast on the Weird Network where we discuss monsters and Halloween. My name's Michael Piccarella. And my name's Tom Piccarella. Tonight's episode, The Fourth Horseman's Martin Schwab. What you heard at the head of the show there was Metallica's The Four Horsemen, which Tom and I thought would be fitting for our guests this evening. That's right, Martin Schwab, co-owner of The Fourth Horseman Horror-Themed Pizza Bar in Long Beach, California. Martin Schwab is a true Halloweeniac with Halloween and horror pumping through his veins. He's a former film executive, former co-owner of the retro horror-themed Phantom Carriage Brewery in Carson, California, an avid horror VHS collector, and he's a co-founder and producer of Festival Obscura in Long Beach, California. In September of 2018, Martin and his girlfriend Ryan Hughes opened The Fourth Horseman, a horror-themed bar that serves craft beer, fine wine, and apocalyptic pizza in downtown Long Beach, on 4th Street, no less. Uh, Packed with dark art and classic monster movie posters, screening horror movies non-stop on screens throughout the place, cranking metal music and offering up pizzas with names like The Angel of Death, Rosemary's Baby, Death to Piggy, and The Buffalo Bill, monster lovers and horror addicts can't get enough of the place. I met Martin in film school back in the 1990s. We used to talk about movies like John Carpenter's Halloween and Peter Jackson's Bad Taste. And Martin was even in one of my short movies called The Tape. But tonight, Tom and I talked to Martin about his origins, some of his favorite films, The Fourth Horseman, and Festival Obscura. So Tom, uh, what are your initial thoughts before getting to our interview with Martin? Well, I mean, I obviously I've never met Martin before or even talked with him, so it'll be kind of interesting to to hear, you know, even how he got started and and what he's into. Um, but looking at some of his stuff just prior to us, you know, doing this, you know, I checked out their website or checked out his website and you know, the one of the big things that I noticed, you know, just from the stuff I'm interested in is is that he had a lot of arcade games in there, which you know I'm sure we'll get into on the the conversation about where he got those. But yeah, I mean, definitely just based off of what I've seen as far as the pictures on the website goes and the menu, I'm really excited to see how pumped he is about Halloween because you know, we get on these interviews with these guys and uh, and it it's crazy because they're all our age and so most of them are going to be pumped about Halloween the way we were when we were kids. And I think that's kind of neat. It'd be interesting if we actually got a guest at some point that was really young to see what their take is on it. But Martin, you know, is is around our age, and so I think he's probably going to be totally invested in Halloween, especially if he's doing, you know, something like that for his business. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. I'm I'm, I'm definitely excited. I think it's it's really cool because it just seems like a lot more people who love monster movies, horror movies, and Halloween, they're, they're taking that and they're coupling it with, you know, whatever talents they may have and putting it into something. So like some people are doing podcasts, some people are doing stores, uh, you are doing a virtual reality arcade, Martin did this bar, it's like a place where... Halloweeniacs and monster revolutionaries can go to hang out, you know, to buy their clothing, 
you know, to, to play games, to have a beer, to get some pizza. You know, I, I like that idea that more and more people are out there, you know, getting monsters and Halloween out in the world in, in the oh, various yeah. I mean, ways take, that they take are. Facebook, take Facebook, for instance, and there's probably other groups, like even on Reddit, you know, there's groups where people, all they want to see is Halloween stuff. You got Halloween groups, you got creepy groups, you got movie groups that all they talk about is horror films. Um, I mean, they're all out there. I mean, anybody who's searching, you know, outside of the podcast realm, I mean, you could find all sorts of stuff on Reddit. You could find all sorts of stuff on, on Twitter and Facebook and probably even Instagram. I haven't even explored that, but Instagram yeah, probably it's just is getting just filled. bigger. It's just getting bigger and bigger, you know, even with, you know, it's been a couple of years now, but Shudder uh, from AMC, oh, yeah. which is all horror movies and, you know, just cool original content, a lot more original content now on Shudder. Um, yeah, it's just a lot of people, you know, showing their love for monsters and Halloween. Yeah, definitely excited, though, to jump in on this. Yeah, very cool. All right, cool. Um, well, now... In order to summon Martin, um, we're going to have to say those three magic words. Um, but what I was thinking was we'll get a little bit of help from Ash uh, from the movie The Army of Darkness. So go ahead and take it away, Ash. Ooh, wait a minute. The words. Right, right, right. Say the words. <clears throat> Plateau. Barata. Necktie, nectar, nickel. Noodle. It's an N word. It's definitely an N word. It was definitely an N word. Klaatu, Miranda. That's it. Welcome to the Jack-O-Lantern Press Podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, dude, I'm pretty excited to have you on the show. Uh, it's been a little while since you and I talked, but uh, before we get into more about who you are, uh, since this is a podcast about monsters and Halloween, we usually like to first ask our guests about one Halloween memory that comes to mind that you could share with us like a cool Halloween memory, something that really says Halloween to you. Oh my goodness, goodness. Okay, um, well, uh, shoot, okay, I will, um, let me dig into the uh, memory trenches here. Uh, into the archives. Um, <laughs> archives of creepiness. Uh, I mean, A, just a kind of a, a disclaimer, I'm born on Halloween, so I Halloween forgot about that. Oh, That's right. sweet. That's great. So it's always, you know, it's always kind of this hybrid uh celebration you know uh but I'll, I'll tell you this um you know i've uh, i've done halloween in san francisco in la 
uh, in New Orleans and, um, you know, all amazing in its own right. But I got to tell you, and I think that kind of goes back to, kind of, you know, why we're into this and why we've, you know, stayed in contact over all these years is um, I, you know, so I think one of the most fondest Halloweens and, you know, don't hold me to this, but it was probably 87, 88. And mm-hmm. just, you know, you know, A, we came here as immigrants, number one. So we'd been here in this country for, you know, better part of uh, five, six years. And, you know, my parents were always very, you know, into the, you know, uh, embracing the customs of the country. And, uh, and I remember doing Halloween with my friends and my parents being European were always open, you know, to, especially my mom renting movies, horror movies at the local video store. And I'll never forget, you know, one particular birthday. And it's just, it's, I still remember like it was yesterday, but it was literally mom, you know, we went to a local pizzeria with a straw, I think it was a straw hat pizza in the uh, area. And I'll never forget, you know, she gave us a roll of quarters. There was a little arcade there. We would, uh, you know, we would go there, play games, have dinner. And this is, you know, when before, you know, uh, video games existed in your home. So I remember playing the Rampage and Ghost and Goblins was my favorite game at the time. (laughs) Oh, great game. Great game. And then after that, we went to the video store and she would let these, you know, punk 13-year-old kids uh, pick whatever. And so we'd always pick just whatever movies and I, I think at the time I you know it goes off the deep end but I believe it was like Gates of Hell. Nobody has the movie I want. Hey if it's on video Blockbuster probably has it. I mean we have over 10,000 videos. Wow. I'll watch these fast and have them back tomorrow I promise. Relax at Blockbuster you can keep your videos for three evenings so take home plenty and, and use our 24-hour quick drop. Do you have any children's Sure. Blockbuster's America's family video store. You know, we have more kids' videos than any place else. Hey, more movies, more nights, more fun. Blockbuster video. Wow. What a difference. Oh, and bringing these home, you know, the movies home. And we, you know, we didn't really go trick-or-treating, I don't believe, that night. And just, you know, bought soda, junk food, and just watching movies. When you're that age, when, you know, there's sport, you know, kids, friends, in sleeping bags. You have a sugar rush, you know, you're not even thinking about alcohol at that age. <laughs> then you weren't. And, you know, just, and I remember that just like, that's one of the, you know, I, I always try to kind of rekindle that. And unfortunately, as we get older, you know, different perspective on the world, uh, you know, you'll never get that feeling you had when, you know, you were just young and naive and, you know, the world was your oyster and you had all these years ahead of you. Uh, so that's, I mean, honestly, that's like, it sounds weird. I wish I could say it was just like, you know, oh, I was in New Orleans and, you know, I was just, you know, just drinking absinthe and I met this pirate and then he took me to the vampire. You know, <laughs> no, I would, <laughs> nothing that, but uh, yeah, you know, that's, that's pretty much, you know, yeah, I was going to reference that one. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, uh, it, it's, it's, it's funny because most of the time we ask people favorite memories, they usually tend to go back to their childhood. There is one person that brought up something in their adulthood one person uh so it's kind of interesting um no actually anything that has you know back in when the arcade games were there especially ghosts and goblins because that game rocks uh but i love arcade games um and i actually in in some of your your pictures on your website uh i see that you have a couple of arcade games at your at your place um, I think you had Street Fighter and uh, and Mortal Kombat in there. Are Mortal those Kombat. actual cabinets or are those the the arcade one ups? 
No, those are all uh, the original issue cabinets. We also have, uh, yeah, we have Street Fighter uh, 2, Mortal Kombat, The Punisher, and then we have Gorgar, which was the first pinball machine to utilize uh, sound. And, oh, sweet. Wow. Uh, but we're going to be rotating some out. And actually, I've been on the lookout for Ghost and Goblins uh, because now, you know, people could actually start playing them again. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm obsessed with the old games. And unfortunately, there's they tend to be problematic because they are old and, you know, they get, you know, fairly worn down. But there's just nothing like playing these old, you know, just yeah, the upright, you know, uh, just a, it's a standalone game doesn't have like the 1000, you know, games on a chip in there, which I'm nothing against those systems either. But yeah, it's just it's nice seeing the, you know, the graphics on the side of the boxes and. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right, Martin. So, uh, so who are you? What's your origin story? Where are you from? How'd you come to be? How'd you get into horror, beer, pizza, Halloween? <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah, I'll, I'll do the Cliff's notes, and I'm rambling on. <laughs> uh, uh, no, no. Um, I, like I said, you know, I, I came to the states when I uh, in '83. I was six years old, uh, born on Halloween, as I mentioned. Prior Czechoslovakia, to- right? <laughs> Uh, yeah, former Czechoslovakia, now the Czech Republic, and uh, you know we you know come from a country that's obviously very old, and you know there's a lot of mythology and folklore there, uh, witches and all that good stuff. Uh, so it's always kind of you know been part of uh, my you know fa- fa- fabric, if you will. Uh, but yeah, you know came here, and I my parents were always very supportive. I'm an only child, so I always you know I was uh, basically always uh, entertaining myself by uh, writing and drawing at a very young age uh, for, you know, for quite a few years, you know, you didn't have many friends. I didn't speak the language. I, you know, I had to learn it on the fly and there were some challenging years there, but eventually, you know, just let, you know, just met a lot more friends through art. And then, and but once I got to high school, I was really, you know, I really, you know, embraced the, the horror macabre um, genre and, yeah, I knew, you know, by then I was, you know, I'm, I'm, my math skills are crap. So I'm like, I, I'm not going to be an engineer. And, you know, my dad's a machinist. I'm like, there's no way I'm going to be able to do that. And my parents, luckily, were very supportive. And, uh, you know, in high school, you know, by my senior year, I knew exactly what I wanted to do. You know, by then the film bug had already bit me, you know, years prior. And, you know, where, like, where, you know, we met, uh, I was like, hey, you know, I want to go to film school. I want to, you know, I want to be in film. Uh, I want to make horror movies. Um, so ended up going to the Academy of Art in San Francisco, where we met. And I'm very grateful for that. And had, you know, had a great time. I think, you know, when we were there in the mid, you know, mid to late 90s, I mean, you know, San Francisco, as you know, has drastically changed. And it was just that we were there at a truly magical time. And uh, so I'm, I have, you know, a lot of great memories of that. But I, uh, you know, I kind of, I knew, you know, directing, wasn't wouldn't necessarily be my forte and uh he was your instructor as well i remember sam scribner told me hey yeah, uh, he, yeah. 
you know, God rest his soul. He, uh, he was the screenwriting teacher there. And I was, you know, in his writing group. And the first thing he said to me was, Hey, you know, if you want to write, you got to go to LA. And I, you know, basically, you know, few, you know, uh, probably a semester or two later at the time I was working at Tower Records of all places as well. Um, and he you know, picked up and I moved to LA in 98. And like, like everybody, you know, we've all gone through it. Did the, uh, uh, you know, uh, went went to uh, moved to LA to um, do the UCLA Extension program for writing film television, and yeah, just got my first. I mean, I remember I, I interned at a below the line agency, and then I um, uh, ended up getting a, a, a pro- uh, assistant job at a uh, independent production company, which ended up you know being kind of part of my life for you know six seven years. Um, and I went through, you know, went through the ranks. It was a small company, so uh, there was a lot more mobility. But it was a small mm-hmm. company, so it wasn't, you know, you weren't. It was New Line Cinema at the time, or Miramax, um, and or or a studio. So you know, there was there was a lot of hands on, which was great because you got to do everything. Uh, but unfortunately, as you know, as an independent company, you're always fighting that fight of you know raising funds. You know, you have funds one day, they're gone the next day. But I was able to, you know, we, we got a fair amount of projects off the ground. So I, you know, got to go on set, you know, spend you know, quite a bit of time in Vancouver. We were up in Nova Scotia. Um, and so it was, it was great. And I, you know, there's moments as you, when you're younger, like, oh, this is, you know, the, the world's my oyster. I'm going to be the next, you know, Michael <laughs> DeLuca, I'm, you know, and, and all of a sudden, you know, it just, you know, sometimes, you know, the reality is rea- the reality. And, you know, you work on a lot of projects and years just start going by and, I remember one of the biggest things, and I remember uh, actually, I think talking to you um, last time I saw you at the uh, the pizzeria was, you know, like you know, you, you know, you go through it and you go through the hurdles, and like any industry, you know, it helps, you know, you know who you know, and sometimes that that's more than you know what you know. Um, but it's a great industry. Uh, it's a challenging industry, and I think you know, I worked on a lot of projects. I worked with a lot of good people, some not so good individuals. Uh, I, I mean, I learned, learned a tremendous amount, but I was in my, you know, early mid twenties. Uh, but I, you know, it got to that point where, you know, wasn't working on the films I wanted to be working on, and I, you know, there were some opportunities that I, I chose not to pursue. You know, maybe you know I could have, uh, who knows, uh, worked at Word Brothers or something. But uh, eventually, you know, our company, we we were actually we had a, uh, we had an office in West LA. And we were uh, we were sharing office with director Roland Joffe, if anybody remembers Roland. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and it was it was getting a great time. Um, and basically, I just I as I was you know doing that, I also really got into uh, home brewing and being Czech. You know, in the Czech Republic is still I think the the biggest per capita beer consumption uh, country in the world. And so it's always been you know uh, in my in, uh, I've been around it. And I've always enjoyed and respected beer. And somehow just, you know, through some of the, the kind of the harder years, I was starting to get interested more in beer and making beer than I was in uh, making movies. And um, yeah, so basically just w- once our last production shut down, I, you know, I ended up, uh, you know, it took, it took a bit, you know, of convincing, uh, because I'd never been a you know, sales rep. So I really wanted to go work for Stone Brewing out of San Diego, but, you know, as an LA uh person and there was you no know, nobody in LA and it took me forever to get the job and it was crazy because I remember being in like in a in a interview meeting with them and 
I'm like, I produced movies, this and that, and then I did this, this and that. But they're like, but you don't have any sales experience. So I had to convince them, you know, for you know, pretty low-paying job at the time. But they took a gamble on me two and a half years later. Uh, you know, I, I learned a lot there. I did sales in Los Angeles. And meanwhile, you know, we got to, uh, uh, you know, uh, the brewing industry in Los Angeles was still in its infancy. Uh, and from there, I, you know, went on to uh, manage a place called Nages. It's an old beer bar in Redondo right on the waterfront. It's, I think it's going to be celebrating its 40th anniversary soon. Wow. Yeah, got to do that. And from there, you know, got to really, you know, uh, build out events, which, you know, that's one of my also passions is, you know, festivals and special events. And we were able to help launch LA Beer Week. And, but the whole time I knew that I would open my, uh, a brewery, but I've always been a firm believer, you know, you got to pay your dues learn the industry. Uh, and so I did that. And then eventually, uh, you know, uh, uh, met a business partner through Nages and we ended up opening uh, Phantom Carriage uh, Brewery in shoot uh the late fall of uh 2014 and uh, you know you know phantom carriages you know it's a it's a swedish film from 1921 it was actually the first one there's some discrepancy but supposedly the first one to utilize special effects I've always been a fan of, you know, paying homage to movies uh, through beer. And even though, I felt, even though I wasn't working in film anymore, I wanted to bring, you know, my still, my love of cinema uh, to the brewing side. So everything we did at Phantom Carriage, all the beers were, uh, you know, uh, a reference to a movie or an actor. So we had, a, you know, a beer in honor of Peter Cushing. Uh, we did. Uh, oh, you know, nice. <laughs> That's but I cool. Thought, here's a little, you know, if I'm rambling, just, you know, coming off. Uh, but I just, you know, I'll give you these little vignettes uh, where um, I remember we had a uh, we had a beer called Lagosi, uh, obviously, after uh, uh, Bela. And this would only happen in L.A. I, I tell people only in L.A. Um, we've, we've been now, uh, you know, cut to about a year and a half. We've been open and I'm sitting in the back in my office and our chef at the time comes in. He's like, hey, there's some people here that just they let me say hi. And he hands me a business card. And it's Lagozi Enterprises. I am Dracula. What? And I literally almost flat in my chair because we weren't licensing names or anything. Uh, so it was uh, it was definitely eye opening because I'm sitting there and it's literally I'm like I kind of recognize this gentleman and it was Bela Lagozi Jr. and with his daughter, which is you know Bela's granddaughter. And wow. they, were, they were super nice, but you know, they, you know, we, you know, and they said, Hey, you know, we love what you're doing. They actually enjoyed the beer. It was a big, you know, uh, 12%, uh, barrel age, you know, we specialized in barrel age sour beers, uh, of the Belgian influence. And yeah, we just, we hit it off and we basically, they gave us their blessing. And as we moved forward, we licensed, this is where I started learning how to license, uh, you know, IP material. And we, we ended up licensing uh, the Lagosi name, and we did you know we did um, we did three years of beers with them. We did you know what 
we would uh, they would show up for the parties for meet and greet. We would screen uh, the Universal Dracula plus the old movies he was in, like uh, The Bat, uh, White Zombie. Nice. Uh, but that kind of but that kind of spiraled, and honestly, like that's where you know my my love of cinema started coming back. Because sometimes when you know, as you know, when you work in it, it becomes more business than the actual enjoyment of it, right? So um, it was uh, it was it was nice relief. But then we were able to you know based on that. We got to work with a lot of. Uh, we did a we did a beer dinner with uh, Victoria Price, who's Vincent Price's daughter, uh, based on uh, Vincent and Mary's cookbook. Of you know, uh, you know, uh, I think that book came out sixty years ago, and she was there in attendance and did a Q and A and a book signing. So you know, there's definitely a lot of great things. Uh, you know, we were able to do uh, on that front. Uh, you know, with with the with the brewery uh we did i think i, I don't think i mentioned but we had a screening the brewery's still around but there was a screening room uh there so that was really nice um we got to show a lot of movies uh we worked with shout factory uh and they would give us uh provide content and we'd screen the movies and we do uh, trivia nights and raffles and whatnot so that was always uh that was always fun um and basically you know, uh, after that, we kind of, we went, you know, we, the brewery, the industry definitely, you know, started changing over the years. And meanwhile, we were also my, uh, my uh, much better half, uh, uh, Ryan, who's my wife, uh, we were also uh, doing uh, festivals. So it kind of, you know, we, we did a summit, we did a festival here at, uh, in Long Beach at Sunnyside Cemetery, which is, um, the second oldest cemetery from 19, uh, 1920, I believe. Uh, but we did a fundraiser for them. Same thing, you know, is that like a, a one night thing or was that a weekend it, thing? It, it, it was, it was a, it was a, it was actually ironically, uh, it happened on June 30th, 2018. And the cemetery was at the time privately owned. Now the city finally took over, but it was one of those things where, you know, we, uh, it took us a while to, you know, we pitched them the idea and we always loved the cemetery. Ryan and I are huge history buffs. So we, you know, you know, pre COVID shutdown, we spent a lot of time on the queen Mary, which, you know, as it's perceived as one of the most haunted locations in North America uh, so we love history and we just, uh, so in being in Long Beach, there's definitely a few, few sections of the city that are, you know, right in line with that. But the, uh, but Sunnyside Cemetery, it was nice because, uh, you know, we were able to kind of connect Phantom Carriage, the Lagosi family was there, they had a booth. And what was great, you know, we were able to you know, raise a good amount of money. We, I think we raised $42,000 for the cemetery. Wow. So, so that was, that, that was fun. It kind of, you know, um, but as we were kind of, you know, with, with, with the brewery, uh, it was the same thing where, you know, uh, trends changed and we were kind of, you know, I was sitting there and sometimes, you know, the reality is, you know, as we, we all know, you know, you work, you know, um, business partnerships, you know, you start out trying to go one direction and over the years it changes into another direction, which is fine. That's human nature. And it was, you know, it became a lot of work and, you know, a lot of unnecessary stress. And I mean, you know, put me through the ringer, I'm going to lie to you. Uh, and finally, I, you know, just, I was like, you know, the quality of life we had, you know, we had 24 employees and we had a kitchen um, and like I said, you know, we were making beer, we're distributing beer uh, and it, it, you know, it takes a toll. Right. And so, yeah. uh, and so finally we, 
uh, it was literally the same year. Uh, yeah, it was uh, in 20, uh, 2018. Uh, I decided, you know, I'm just going to, you know, uh, you know, part ways with the project. I still stayed on um, as a consultant, if you will. But we we ended up actually meeting our friend um, Jeremy, who owned at the time uh, the Dark Art Emporium here in Long Beach, which is kind of an oddities cafe, not a cafe, but oddity shop. Uh, and we we hit it off and we said, hey, you know, we've got this location for a bar. You know, Ryan and I have been always looking to open a pizzeria. And, you know, he's that's you know, it's his forte, the dark and the macabre. That's all I've known most of my life. And so we decided to uh, open. You know, we pitched him the Fourth Horseman. He was into it. He came on board. And, you know, once again, the Fourth Horseman, obviously, have the apocalypse. But everything, you know, I've, we've done, it's great, uh, you know, for me, because it gets to, you know, I get to utilize my love of cinema, but also get to kind of share the creepy and cool with everybody. And there's, you know, I'm, my philosophy was always like, hey, if it doesn't exist, I want to build it. And it was never, we were the first horror themed brewery in the country. Right now, there's a few other ones and it's just, it's fun to do it. And, you know, listen, you, you hope it's still got to be a viable business model. So you have to be able, you know, make some money, cover the costs. Uh, but you, you know, you'd be surprised how many, and you know, you wouldn't because I mean, this you, you live and breathe this as well. Uh, but how many of us are into this, right? And like a lot of our friends or a lot of my colleagues who just don't understand it, they're like, yeah, but you know, there's just you know, like I just I don't get it. Uh, Actually, but- the funny part is, is that I think more and more people they don't even really know that they're into it. They just like going into places like that just because they're all of a sudden you're like in a horror movie. And so everybody gets excited and everyone likes horror movies. So I would, I it's funny. We know if it, people have to, to like it. I just think people, as soon as they go there and they see it, then they're like, Oh yeah, this is really neat. Yeah. I got to check this. I, I was funny that you say that because I feel like there are more and more horror movie and Halloween monster lovers out there. So there's like, it's like, you have these horror themed sites like trick or treat studios and creepy company. You have Halloween town store in Burbank. There's that yep. nightmare toys in Las Vegas and they're building a nightmare cafe in Vegas. Yeah. In LA they're doing one too. They actually, yes, they are doing uh, one in downtown LA. They actually kind of uh, sneak the info out this week. So I, could, I, I couldn't tell you exactly where downtown LA, but it's coming. Oh, wow. It's interesting that that you even say this, too, because so I just opened with my wife. um, I opened a a virtual reality arcade. Uh, It's called Virtue Dome. And so I run it on the weekends. And and one of the big things that that we just put in there um, was we have like these zombie experiences where where, uh, you know, people are, are standing there and these zombies come charging them. And I mean, like people scream and our first day open uh, one of our very first customers that walked in, they could care less about the whole the whole arena thing that we were promoting uh, more, <laughs> which was like the competitive thing. They wanted to shoot zombies. Um, and that's just what I think people, they, they love zombies. And, and another thing that we got was uh, some escape rooms. And one of them is called House of Fear. And you basically are in this abandoned cabin and uh-huh. all this crazy stuff happens to you and you know in the hour of you trying to get your way out of this abandoned cabin like i think people are just drawn to it for whatever reason uh kind of the same way all of us are 
absolutely. And I mean, as like we saw the, uh, you know, uh, the, the, I don't say the mainstreaming of the zombie culture, but I'll never forget when even when Walking Dead first came out and I was into the comic book, you know, it was IDW title many years ago. I remember buying it when it was, you know, I mean, literally it was coming out and I think it was optioned probably a decade later, but yeah. But it was the same thing. Do you remember when, like, uh, when Walking Dead all of a sudden, you know, a handful of years later, everyone's talking about it, and people, you know, exactly to your point, like when, uh, you know, uh, uh, moms that didn't, you know, didn't care about horror movies, all of a sudden their kids are talking about it. Now they're all watching Walking Dead, and then you know, you saw the just the, the explosion of the zombie culture. Uh, but yeah, I look at like um, it's closer to you, like uh, Mystic Museum and all those places up there. Uh, they're 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 expanding. All the horror conventions that you know we've attended or been a part of as vendors, they're packed, uh, and you know definitely people are looking to experience this. And I think when you know when we were growing up, I mean these things. I mean there's a few things that existed like Fangoria's convention, right? We can get a horror, whatever. Uh, but now there's just you look at the calendar and look at every state, and there's so much you know going on. Uh, absolutely. Pretty, pretty so I cool. got I got a question for you, Martin. Yeah. What's your What's your favorite movie or favorite monster movie? Oh, goodness. Um, I knew you would ask that question. Damn. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. Um, you know what? Um, I, okay. Like, so like, I, I will say this, like as, um, uh, okay. Uh, let's like, mo- like, okay. Slashers. Yes. I just, I, I love, you know, the, the Michael Myers, uh, Jason Voorhees icons, uh, but I look at like, you know, th- there's movies that I got into a little later. Uh, and I think like, uh, uh, you know, uh, The Prowler, uh, when, it, when it comes to like the slasher genre, right? But I also gravitate towards the monster side of things. And I don't know why, and I, sometimes I just get annihilated for this, but I love ghoulies and critters. Jonathan is having a housewarming party. Whoa! What do you guys want to do? Well, we could play hide and go seek. <laughs> yeah. What about Trivial Pursuit? Yeah! Poker. Yeah. <laughs> I got an idea. It's still a ritual. Yod hey. Bow hey. You do the hokey pokey and you turn yourself. Hey, knock it off! That was fun. No, no, wait, I I need to dismiss the spirit. So do I. Where's the bathroom? (laughs) Unfortunately, there will be some surprise guests. They have very bad manners. And they have no respect for privacy. Wake up the neighbors. What the hell's in there? And they never take no for an answer. Oh, man, that chick is really a screamer. <laughs> Ghouls, once they show up, you can never get rid of They'll get you in the end. Man, you know, <laughs> oh, 
Ghoulies. There you go. <laughs> Another <laughs> person who likes the ghoulies. And, and ghoulies. Great. And, but it's one of those things where like ghoulies is, you know, it's got, it gets a lot of flack sometimes, but it's definitely a, a kind of a, 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 I mean, it's a knockoff. I mean, you got the yeah, gremlins, critters, ghoulies, and then another 50 million other ones, uh, hobgoblins and, you know, whatever. Uh, but those just movies I remember watching when I was young and always loved them. And I still revisit them, you know, quite a bit. And I, I still enjoy them. Did you see, um, hey, did you see on uh, trickortreatstudios.com, they have like a line of ghoulies masks and things. They're pretty, and they're pretty dang gnarly. Uh, I have not. I'm going to check them out. I'm going to show a book, a book market right now. That's, that's right. Yeah, but that's the kind of stuff that, you know, I, I collect, I, I try to collect masks, but also like as a monster, you know, uh, the Crypt Keeper. And I think because once again, the age we were at, you know, getting into film, I remember watching Tales from the Crypt on HBO and that was something very, that stuff has stuck with me and kind of really you know, pushed me into the genre even more. And that was, you know, that show was, I don't say ahead of its time, but it was just you know, the, the, the amazing cameos at the time. We had, uh, I mean, you know, just the list goes on. Um, just the directors alone. They had all those amazing directors doing um, it. Yeah. So like, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking, you know, like it's like, I, and don't get me wrong, I, I love, you know, if I if I have to go back, you know, I, of course, you know, the, the creature from the Black Lagoon, um, but I just, I know, I kind of start to jump, and there's, um, yeah, there's definitely. Um, is there I'm, I'm one? Gonna... Is there one movie that you can remember that got you into horror movies? Like, what is there? Like one where you say, like, oh, this was it. That's so, that's what did it. Yeah, you know what? Uh, so I okay, so. Honestly, uh, one of the main ones, and I remember watching, you know, the the, the black and white goodies when I was younger. But I would have to say, and this once again goes, you know, ties into my love of VHS tapes. And it really was. There was a few, but uh, 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 the Gates of Hell is probably the one I remember watching as a kid, and that one. And then I remember uh, renting a movie called Microwave Massacre. And there's nothing redeeming about this movie. It's just <laughs> ridiculous. And, and, and I, I, you, I look back at it. I'm like, oh, it's actually not. It's really. Not, I mean, it's a funny movie. It's just not that good of a movie. Um, I've never seen it, to be honest with you. I've never seen that. The last one you just said. What was it? The Microwave what? Massacre. The Microwave Massacre. Anthem Pictures reluctantly presents what is considered to be the worst horror film of all time. Your skin will crawl. Your stomach will turn. I have to go to the restroom. I mean restroom. Your blood will boil. <laughs> Dining will never be the it's same. It's all caught in blue. I never tasted anything so unique. It's delicious. Dismemberment. Death. Oh man. Distastefulness. My hemorrhoids. Microwave massacre. This is it, May. You're a walking contraceptive. Say, you know, you look so much better in the dark. I've told you a million, billion, trillion times. You are what they eat. I know I'm gonna be sick. <laughs> Too many bombs.
It's it's uh, huh. it happened with a comedian in the seventies. Uh, his name escapes me right now, but it was one of his last roles, I believe. Uh, but but I would also have to say, like, and I know it's a kind of it's, it is a popular title. Uh, but let's say Night of the Living Dead. Uh, you know, Romero, uh, John Russo, who's you know written some amazing you know indie uh, uh, indie how to uh, film books. Uh, I, you know, if anything, probably Night of the Living Dead, just because I've watched that movie so many times. We actually screened it at the cemetery as well. Uh, so if that, if that's another one that's always sticks out. So on on Halloween, or even just in getting close to Halloween, let's say for the whole month of October, do you usually watch, you know, movies traditionally around Halloween time or, or is it just kind of a here and there sort of thing? You know what? So we, we try to watch, I mean, there's so much content now. Right. And so it's, I mean, we have shutter and I'm a big fan of shutter and we, you know, I, between trying to like, you know, watch old tapes, watching the, you know, the, the, the stuff that's, you know, from Netflix, uh, Fear Street just came out today, which I'm very excited about. So I used to love in the old oh, books. Oh yeah, that. definitely. <laughs> so, but to answer your question, um, yeah, uh, you know, um, um, I try to watch as many throughout the year. Also, you know, I, I read a lot more these days, so that takes away from viewing, you know, you know, films too. But then come October, which is you know, as such a beautiful magical month, we you know, and we've never been able to complete it, but we do the whole you know. 31 days 31 horror movies so we try to watch one movie a night and then we also try to go you know if there's a screening somewhere we try to go support that uh and we try to kind of you know tie it into like you know like this like, just kind of on that topic this year um uh 2021 it, it's the 40-year retrospective of a lot of amazing horror films that came out in 81. And that, I don't know, you know, 81 was one of the best years for horror films. And this includes, you know, uh, uh, Halloween part two, uh, The Burning, uh, uh, Wolfen, um, uh, uh, um, The Prowler, uh, Happy Birthday to Me, um, uh, My Bloody Valentine, uh, just Friday the 13th part two. And so it's, it's just crazy how those, I remember, I remember seeing those movies when I was still very young and now they're 40 years old, which is just, you know, it's, it's surreal, right? I mean, you're like, wait a minute, 40 years, we're old. I love it. I mean, I shot him six times. I shot him in the heart. He's not human. Universal Pictures presents Halloween 2. Ryan Pictures presents Wolfen. In the town of Valentine Plus, there are many ways to die. Take your pick. My bloody Valentine. You may think you're safe, but you're dead wrong. The Prowler coming soon. On a June night in 1980, Friday the 13th, 12 of her friends were murdered. Why should Friday the 13th, 1981, be any different? Friday the 13th, part two. This summer, if you're 
planning to go camping, don't. If you're looking forward to midnight swims, don't. Sneak on back to the campsite. Get some matches. Build us a hot fire. Don't be wrong. And if you're thinking about being with someone where no one can see you, don't. The Burning. I fear that the only way to stop those possessed by the spirits of the book is through the act of bodily dismemberment. Because of the bizarre nature of this birthday party, pray you are not invited. All right, so uh, I have a question for you, Martin, and that is, is there a movie that you've seen that maybe people don't know about that you feel like they have to see? Like you, you, if you're with people in your bar and they're horror lovers, and you're like, okay, here's a movie you have to see. And what would that movie be? Ooh, okay, okay, hold on. Uh, so what would that movie be? Uh, let me just... Uh, there's always we have we have a curated list at the bar and so we're always putting in some fun um all right let's see uh hold on hold on let me uh da, 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 da. got so many movies in front of me um oh you're just going through the library right there yeah i'm, I'm just like i'm thinking nice. like, and uh, you know i, mean, I don't want to uh you know the, 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 the we talked about the creep show creep show two type of movies uh, as amazing as they are, it's always nice to, uh, um, I'm trying to think what would be something that, you know, when you're just like such a dork, like I am, I'm just like, what could I, uh, I don't, you know, go off the rails. Like, Oh, you got to watch blood feast. You know, that's amazing. Oh, like, dude. Yeah. Blood feast. Heck yeah. <laughs> you know, like, okay, you know what? So we're not, like, it's a movie, like, I would say like, like the wizard of gore, the original, as much as I love the one with, um, what's his name? Um, the remake that they did, um, I didn't even know they made a remake. There was a remake, and it was with oh my god, uh, uh, from uh, Back to the Future, uh, Christopher, uh, Chris, Kristen Glover, Glover. really. Um, but I, you know, it just kind of depends. If like I'm like okay, if if, if it's something from the '80s, then I try to you know say hey, you should you know check out if people like slashers. I'm like hey, have you seen The Mutilator or have you you know uh, Pieces or something of that caliber? If it's like a 70s movie, then, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people have recommended certain movies to they, um, you know, you know some, some movies age better than others. And I think sometimes, you know, the acting is what it is and it's all practical special effects, which I absolutely adore. But a lot of people get used to, you know, the elaborate, you know, CGI, even gore these days. And so, you know, you'll tell them about a movie, uh, you know, The Love Butcher or something. And they're like, oh yeah, it was good, but it just it felt dated. I'm like, well, yeah, but it's from 1972. Um, <laughs> no, Dude, you know, I mean, Dead Alive still, like, yeah, okay, is there is it cheesy? Is are, is the oh. acting great? No, dude, even even <laughs> Evil Dead. I mean, same no, same situation. And you know what? Actually, I, I, I you know I'm so happy that you said it because once again, I'm like, I'm thinking, oh my god, what what would uh, Dead Alive when we when we met. And I remember just the love for bad taste. Bad and taste and get alive. Yep. Yep. 
We've got trouble. Good one. Right, we're on our way. Frank. Go, Frank! Jeez, that real ticket! Here it was right all along! Back and stop those God, take us. Put that thing down. Let's get in there and hit the leader. This picturesque block, in this manicured home, something evil, something terrifying, something horrifying, is haunting Lionel. His mother. I thought I told you to spray this house. The place is infested with bourbon. Although she was a little strict. Look at this dust. It's an inch thick. He never wished her any harm. You look after me like Until... <laughs> Your mother's dead, Lionel. Now, whatever Mom's got... Who's your mother? ...has caught on with the neighbors. <laughs> you can pray. <laughs> You can plead. You can beg for mercy. But nothing you can do will stop. Because how do you kill something that's already dead? Trimark Pictures presents a modern masterpiece of horror. Dead alive. Party's over. Those are two movies that even they never really, you know, I mean, they're amazing, but they never caught on the mainstream. Um, but even if you watch, like, I mean, Evil Dead Two, we know is a very, you know, it's more of a hilarious riff. But Evil Dead One, I mean, they're both amazing, but. Those movies, I mean, there's a reason why they're still around today, and they uh, they spawned, you know, a gazillion knockoffs uh, because they were, you know, they when they came out, they were unlike anything else out uh, at the time. Oh yeah, well, that's like Army of Darkness and stuff too. Like I still, I love that movie. Uh, no, absolutely, absolutely. And I think those are like I remember or like uh, uh, Return of the Living Dead. 
uh, which was, oh, you know, dude, I love return of the living dead. In fact, I used to do this thing on my Facebook page where I did movie matchups and I would put like two movie posters together, like in a double bill kind of thing. And then ask people, which one would you pick? And so for, for return of the living dead, I paired it up with, um, Shaun of the dead. And most people said Shaun of the dead, but for me, return of the living dead is the best. It's so freaking good. I'm with you. I mean, and yeah, and or actually, you like another movie. And it's uh, when you said, "Hey, like one of the movies that also has always." uh, 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 Now that you've got a little bit, a few more minutes to think about it, uh, I and these are movies that I remember seeing in the theater. You know, and keep in mind, so I was, you know, at that age, you know, we'd be 45 in the fall, so we were, you know, early teens. I remember uh, uh, Reanimator, which you know, was amazing. Definitely. But I remember watching uh, 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 Pet Cemetery in the theater, which scared the bejesus out of me uh, in a good way. And I remember watching, but then there's movies that aren't necessarily the best, but you know, we had that experience where, hey, years later, people will knock the movie. Maybe it wasn't the best sequel to a particular series, but I remember watching um, Halloween 5. Oh, a lot, dude. We just interviewed someone. Oh, wait, wait, did he say Halloween four or five? I can't. Uh, remember. Yeah, I think he said four. I don't think he said five. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a lot more love for Halloween four and five, though, lately. I feel like there's been a lot of people bringing those two films up, which is kind of crazy because I never heard that before. No, and those are, I remember because five was uh, Revenge of Michael Myers and four was Return. And now you look back and people are like, oh, you know, it was Donald Pleasance uh, was in it. But I remember absolutely having this childhood crush on Daniel Harris. And, and, you know, she was, you know, and she was in she was she was in the Rob Zombie remake as well. Uh, But like those are movies that once again weren't the greatest, but I just had such a great time watching it, you know, in the theater. But I think it was probably opening night, as well as I remember uh, Texas Chainsaw Part Three. And I saw that in the theater and that had, I think had Viggo Mortensen and it's, you know, it's, but now it's becoming this kind of underrated classic of that series as well, where, you know, yeah, it doesn't, it's not, it's not the Toby Hooper, you know, uh, first one, obviously nothing will ever be like that, but like even Texas Chainsaw 2, I remember, I, I, I absolutely enjoyed and, uh, you know, just. Yeah, it was a fun movie. That yeah. I thought that it was I mean it's disturbing too, but there's a lot of fun with it. Like it's it's more humorous than that original film, which is why I think a lot of people didn't like it. But over the years I feel like it's gotten a little more love. And like and, and yeah, Dennis Hopper, I mean you I mean, you can't beat, you know, his performance in it and yeah, it's just yeah. Uh I so to cut to kind of take us in a different direction, um just going back to your your pizza place there i'm curious what the most uh i guess the the popular what's the the most um i guess sought after pizza because if for our audience that maybe doesn't know and i don't know if we mentioned this earlier but your menu is is basically filled with with titles of different pizzas like angel of death rosemary's baby slasher death to piggy so stuff like that which one is the most popular you know what uh so ironic uh, it's uh it's slasher which is our pepperoni and pepperoni and cheese uh still pepperoni is king 
and we call it the slasher, obviously uh, a kind of a nod to the slasher genre. Uh, sure. But, but then definitely uh, uh, Death to Piggy, uh, which is kind of our meat lovers, if you will. But then we have um, some pizzas, you know, some months, one pizza. Uh, we have a pizza called uh, Sawyer's Family Special, which is uh, a tribute to the Sawyer family from Texas Chainsaw. And it's basically a barbecue chicken pizza. And uh, that one will do, you know, that one will sell, outsell Buffalo Bill, which is a buffalo chicken pizza uh, some months and then it'll flip. Um, but, you know, uh, Angel of Death, that's another one that does pretty, uh, pretty darn well. And that is our kind of a our, uh, sausage, uh, blue cheese. Um, but it, it all comes back to, you know, like people, it's like when you were growing up as a kid, right? I mean, you didn't want, most kids didn't want all the fancy ingredients. It was cheese and pepperoni. Yeah, yep. no, that's yeah. true. That's true. It still is which, probably one of the most popular. Which one is your personal favorite? Like, do you have one that you're like, oh, that's the one I get? You know, um, so yeah, uh, I would have, I mean, I'm a, I'm a diehard pepperoni fan, but we, you know, we also like, uh, we have a pizza that's not referencing any horror film. It's called Alchemy. It's actually a vegan pizza. I'm not vegan by any means. Uh, and I, you know, and I, I, but I, you know, as I get on with age, I prefer, you know, a healthier lifestyle as well. Uh, and I would have to say between if that, the vegan pizza and, you know, I, I'm one of the, uh, pineapple belongs on pizza folks out there. And I know, you know, some people it's, it's, it's a dividing line. You know, some people are <laughs> against it, some people are for it. I am definitely but, not for it. <laughs> no, and, and it's funny because and, and my wife absolutely can't stand pineapple. So it's always like she'll, you know, we can't even do like half and half because if one pineapple rolls on her, you know, on her side of things, she's literally got a, you know, a, a steak knife under the table, just about to literally just, you know, prison style me. And just, it's, you know, it gets ugly in the house. So I'm like, nope, no pineapple. <laughs> she in turns house. into the slasher. That's basically what you're saying. Yeah. Nice. so tell tell us i've been there tom has not um he did see a few pictures of the place but tell us a little bit about uh the inside of the bar like what you have in there and then you have to tell him about the bathroom oh so i mean the bar so once again the bar like we, you know we want to make it approachable but it's you know most of the stuff there is from my personal collection so it's you know it's vintage horror posters, a lot of signed stuff from uh, you know from uh, um, you know Killer Clowns, Robert England signed you know Nightmare on Elm Street one sheet, plus you know uh, horror uh, uh, metal you know the Alice Cooper, Ozzy Osbourne, Dio types uh, uh, posters of them. But we also we you know we work with a lot of local artists, so we let them do a lot of murals. Uh, Jeremy Cross, who's a local, amazing local artist, he did a lot of panels for us, and he's done work for the likes of Rob Zombie. So, we, you know, it's been great because we got to work with the local artists, making into like a cool, culty, you know, uh, horror, metal, punk rock establishment. And now with COVID, we have a lot of, you know, we've been able to keep a lot of like skeletons that are dressed up. So that kind of it brings that kind of a a kitschiness to it, if you will. Uh, but then you get the old video games, um, and then we do have a what, you know, like, like at Phantom, uh, we do have a movie screen inside the dining room. So we're always playing old movies. We have a little TV that plays another movie uh, reel. And then once you go into the bathrooms, we, you know, our goal has always been, you know, people will put a lot of energy into the front of the house, if you will, and they'll make the experience amazing. But then the bathrooms, you know, look like something out of, you know, it looks like an Ikea bathroom somewhere uh, where, you know, you go in, it's, it's clean, it's beautiful, but it doesn't 
tie into the, you know, the kind of the aesthetic and the world that's going outside, you know, going on outside. And so I've always been a fan of, you know, especially now where it's all about, you know, people do love taking photos and, you know, the selfie thing and whatnot. And I'm too old for that, but I, you know, but I, I respected. And so we said, Hey, let's create one of the coolest bathrooms in Long Beach. And our original bathroom was really small and creepy, but then we expanded. So we added, uh, so the first one was really just like it blew people's minds, but it was a single, literally single toilet, uh, bathroom, but then now we kind of expanded. So we have, you know, two, uh, two bathrooms. One is inspired by like 50s, 60s, 70s punk rock era. So it's, it's very R rated, uh, the walls, you know, we had to actually tone them down because as we were finishing it, we looked at each other and we're like, man, you know, this is, it's a little too much. Right. I mean, it was just, uh, you know, I, I mean, like, it was, you know, it's, like everywhere you look, it was just boobs and, you know, just, you have to like ask that question. Like, if my mom came here, like, what would she say? People like, I love you, but you've shown too many boobs, you know? So, um, so we kind of, you know, we, we didn't, you know, we hit it with spray paint to make it even more crustier. And the other bathroom's more kind of uh, uh, haunted mansion inspired, kind of classy, gothic, if you will. Um, and, it, you know, it's fun because it's, it's like I said, like, it's, just, it's, it, people get to enjoy it and we play music in the bathroom. So, yeah, it's, it's like a special bathroom playlist, right? <laughs> totally totally we'll play you know we've got we you know and yeah and we 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 wanted to do more things but you know how i always tell people things look great on paper right but then we thought about putting a screen in each bathroom but unfortunately you still get a lot of knuckleheads you know people will tag and break stuff and you know so you 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 have to just kind of make sure you know if it's not bolted down and somehow you know it leaves right so um you know we we, there's some of the things we wanted to do we we couldn't do just because of reality uh and you know i don't you know i don't want people still you know a, a television screen off the wall every other day right um but yeah that, so yeah we just you know like uh just what once again even make the bathroom going experience much more immersive nice. nice uh one last question uh before we get into like this lightning round that we do but i wanted to ask you a little bit about this festival obscura what ex- is that the the cemetery festival that you do or is this yeah. something different? No, so it was, uh, it started in the cemetery. Um, and then what we did was we actually, uh, so it's a, it's a, it's a name that uh, it's my wife and I uh, jointly came up with. And we do, uh, um, we did film screenings at the cemetery as well. And so we licensed movies uh, and show them at the cemetery and proceeds would go to the cemetery. And then we also did a, uh, we did a Texas Chainsaw screening uh, at the local art theater, which is the, the last and only, you know, last independent art theater here in Long Beach. Um, and we're actually, um, Obscura, you know, as COVID is, you know, just, we are where we are with it. Um, we're going to be uh, starting this month for the rest of the year. We're going to be doing a, um, uh, we're going to be doing programming at the art theater. So every third Thursday, and there's a couple, a couple months that we have to kind of audible because, uh, there was some conflicts, but we're going to be showing, um, horror movies the third thursdays of every month there and most of them will be from the 81 era and it's just you know it's that kind of programming used to exist in long beach many years ago it hasn't been around for from what i understand for a decade we've lived here for six and a half years and you know i just it's you know in la uh in in the valley you know there's a lot more theaters so there's you know you got you know the uh the you know the bev uh uh clinton's place you know there's so many you know uh so many amazing theaters that play uh, you know, the Alamo draft house types in that part of town. 
we want to kind of bring that to Long Beach because like we, we talked about earlier, there's an audience for it. And, uh, you know, we want to show some cool movies and you know, also um, with like the obscure stuff, if we could, you know, support local filmmakers. We've got a few friends that have done some horror movies that we want to show. Uh, one is uh, Drew, I don't know if you've ever seen uh, Pool Party Massacre. No, it sounds great though. It's great. It's, it's, it's you know, it's it's a fun you know slasher inspired movie. He's uh, he lives out in Vegas. It came out uh, probably three years ago, but those type you know those type of movies, yeah. So like it's it's a it's a company that unfortunately was dormant due to you know COVID, but now we you know we're hopefully you know kind of resurrecting it and uh, you know just uh, as much as we love running you know a restaurant and that, and that comes with its own challenges. Uh, it's nice to do events where you know people get together, have a, you know some drinks. Uh, you know, talk about the movie and show the movie. Nice, nice. All right, cool. Well, th- so I don't know if you ever watched the show uh, Inside the Actor's Studio with James Lipton. Um, Absolutely. He- yeah, okay, cool. So at the end of the interviews, he does like these uh, quick little questions, you know, just like one word or one sentence responses. Um, so here goes. What's your favorite monster? Gorgo. Who? <laughs> Gorgo, which was the imitation of Godzilla. Oh, oh, gotcha. Okay. <laughs> okay. So if, if you were a monster, uh, what would you be? Um, Bigfoot or you know, Sasquatch, Bigfoot, a bottomless snowman. Okay. Okay. Um, have you ever harnessed energy from lightning to create any of your pizzas? Only when I was blacked out drunk, and I think I did, but I probably didn't. <laughs> I had a touch the uh, electrical outlet when I was trying to replace something, and then yeah, just yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, have you ever tried to take over the world? You know what? I have not, um, but yeah, no, you know, I, I'm just gonna, I'm, I'm just humble. Yeah, no, 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 no. I thought, you know, I didn't, th- I haven't even thought about it. I'm just, yeah, I'll All just right. let it happen around me. All right. What do you do for evil in your spare time? Ooh, um, we have we have a basement, and we have a cage in that basement that actually has children in it. And when I want to total shithead, I don't feed for about a week. <laughs> do you have any skeletons in your closet? Uh, I do, and uh, this is you know Ryan and I. We don't like to talk about our real privileged relationships, but it was actually an ex girlfriend of mine um and uh yeah no and she's still dressed up in her finest outfit and you know i don't want to get into what happened but yeah she's her skeleton's still in that closet (laughs) um (laughs) what's your favorite shade of blood and guts um the shade that just literally just uh, you know just drips down my arms once i'm you know content with what this has happened all right what's your favorite type of victim oh you know what um the one that won't give up just keeps running and running oh and eventually trips right yeah exactly exactly. he's got a trip yeah the trip scene uh what kind of scream or cry of terror do you love most you know i actually like the weirdly the 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 not the crazy petrified scream but i love the weird like it's like the suffocating that choking scream well you gotta do it the whiskey or you know you're i don't know you're just you know like you're trying to eat three bananas at once i don't know just you know just use your imagination but like just that weird like guttural like you know like yeah so which one do you like the least 
uh, you know, I hate that. Like, hey, like just a weird, like, it's either like the bad actor screech where you're like, oh, what is that? Like, are you having a seizure or, you know? Yeah. 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 And one last question. What is your favorite torture device? Oh, torture device. You know what? Uh, Iron Maiden. And because, A, I'm a big Iron Maiden band fan, but, you know, the Iron Maiden's just like, wow. Like, whoever came up with the Iron Maiden, like, what a sick son of a, you know, what? (laughs) (laughs) Cool. All right. Well, uh, do you have anything you have in the works or is there anything else that you wanted to bring up? Any kind of specials you got going on at the bar, Halloween events you got in the works? Yeah, you know what? I mean, I'm excited. You know, uh, my, I, you know, I, you know, uh, what do you call it? Uh, I lose my parole officer next month, so I could actually go out now and <laughs> allow it to be with him. You know, you know, like, uh, no, I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. Uh, uh, but no, um, you know, uh, we're, we're, you know, we've been fortunate to uh, get through COVID, and we, we've got some fun things planned uh, at the bar. But you know. Uh, event wise we've got a couple festivals in the fall we've got a big halloween festival at uh, mola which is the Mu- museum of latin american arts here in long beach that'll that'll be halloween weekend so we, you know getting back to that uh actually you know uh, we'll talk you know another time but you know i've um, you know, been actually you know started writing more and taking that seriously so i'm hoping to like release my first novella in the fall oh nice uh, dude and, you know, I, I'm very inspired by what you've done. I love, you know, what you've been saying. I've got all your books, and I know you've edited um, uh, um, Diane Franklin's. Diane books, yeah, yeah. And uh, so, but yeah, you know, just uh, and but just want to, you know, just really enjoy, especially this Halloween, really enjoy it, and just you know, and not not take things for granted because uh, you know, just uh, last year, you know, I mean, shit, we're halfway through this year. It's been it's been definitely uh, a challenge. And I think uh, just, you know, um, you know, you know, not worrying about what I don't have, you know, appreciating what I have and just, you know, just uh, but yeah, uh, seeing you and actually, you know, just, you know, whether it's in the Valley or, you know, you, you coming out, like that's, that, that's, that's what I'm looking forward to actually, you know, rekindling human contact and friendships again. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Next time Tom comes down, we'll have to go down to the bar, check it out. Cause uh, I know that he will definitely dig it. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely awesome. Dinner's on me, and you know I love to see you. And you know it's kind of like I you know I, I uh, Idaho's a state I want to discover, and it's just you know uh, there's just so much out there that you know I think we talked about. Like I love traveling, right? And we all know just it's you know it's it's hard sometimes. I always tell people like, hey, you know I, I feel like when you have a lot of extra income, that means you're you know doing you know you're working really hard, which means you don't have time to travel. When you have plenty of time to travel, usually you don't have the money to travel, right? <laughs> exactly. Isn't that the truth? Well, cool. Yeah. So if, uh, if people want to get a hold of you, they can go to your, or check you out anyway, the, the fourth horseman lbc.com. Um, any other sites or anything that you want to let people know about that, where they can check you out or check things out? Yeah. Uh, I mean, aside from uh, Tinder, I would definitely say, um, I'm totally kidding. So, uh, <laughs> I, would, I would say, <laughs> I would say, um, you know, uh, Fourth Horseman's on uh, Instagram and Facebook, and you know we're, we're, we try to be as active as we can. Yeah, check us out. You know, you know, we're, you know, we're, we think we make pretty good darn pizza, and uh, yeah, and just, yeah, uh, dude, you know, it's definitely awesome. It's a good time. Uh, if you're a monster, a horror movie lover, a Halloween lover, like you're gonna totally dig the place. Like I love it. It's a 
it would be if I lived out there, I would probably go there all the all the time. Thank you, thank you. So, all right, cool. Well, Martin, I really appreciate uh, you coming on the show, and um, yeah, good luck with everything, and we'll definitely be in touch. Hey, I appreciate you guys. Thank you for having me. Hopefully, uh, you know, it doesn't bore your audience, and uh, yeah, love you guys, and you know, stay safe, and let's you know, let's get some uh, beer and pizza soon. Sounds good, sir. Yeah, sounds great. Take care, guys. See ya. All right, cool. And that was our interview with Martin Schwab from the Fourth Horseman on Fourth uh, Street in Long Beach, California. Again, that website is the Fourth Horseman LBC.com. Definitely check him out. Um, yeah, anything else, Tom, that you wanted to talk about following that interview? No, so you know what was neat about that interview is uh, just the introductions, which we didn't get on you know recording uh but we were on a, a zoom call with him and when he first came out uh it was kind of neat because he had his his whole room set up he had a stack of vhs tapes uh he had a, a vincent price monster shirt on that reminded me of the famous monsters of filmland magazine uh he even had the uh like dim purple lighting in the background you could totally yeah, he was, just tell he, he was, was set oh, up oh yeah and <laughs> i didn't know if just, he thought this was going to be a video interview or something but either probably not i think he normally has his stuff like that but oh uh, yeah I'm, yeah good stuff just based off of the amount of knowledge and, and and i mean you could tell he is well versed in what he does <clears throat> excuse me but just just the stuff that he was bringing up even some of the movies, like I had never seen some of the movies he brought up, and so now I'm excited. You know, he even was even emphasizing a lot on the the reanimator, which I haven't seen that in years. So I'm definitely gonna probably step back and and go watch that again. Yeah, definitely check that one out again. That, I actually revisited that again. It had been a while. I know a lot of people love that movie. When I first saw it. I dug it, but you know, then I just got on to other films, and it then years had passed. But I watched it probably about another like a a year ago, maybe, and it's like it was way better than I remembered. A ton of fun and uh, and a cool movie for sure. I mean, it's just interesting how he's decided to take like like you said at the beginning of the show this excitement for Halloween and build it into this whole restaurant. Um, you know, and I have a great deal of respect for that just because of what I'm doing with Virtue Dome. Um, you know, I'm trying to bring like a lot of the horror stuff in there as well. And so he's taking that passion and, and putting it into his pizza place. And I, that's just awesome. You know, stuff like this just excites the heck out of me. I know it does for you as well. And, and for him, I'm, you could tell he was really pumped about it. So I'm, I, I, I hope that people who are listening to this podcast, if they're in that area, definitely go check it out i think he's put a lot of time and effort into it and i think his his food is probably really good too i can't wait to actually go down there and, and check that out yeah as well, I, so. the the cool thing well hopefully midsummer scream comes back you know because it was it did not happen because of covid obviously last oh, year yeah. but midsummer scream is in long beach so for all you horror and halloween fans out there you know if midsummer scream ever comes back you know 
Martin's uh, place, uh, Fourth Horseman, is going to be the perfect place to go after, you know, hanging out at Midsummer Scream all day. Um, you can go to uh, Fourth Horseman, get yourself some beer, some pizzas, and uh, it's it's an awesome place, and uh, you know, for anyone like us. So, hopefully, you know, we'll see what happens this year. I haven't actually looked to see if Midsummer Scream is happening this year but uh if it does yeah that should definitely be a place that everyone checks out after uh hanging out at midsummer scream all day um i did want to mention one other thing martin brought up in the interview there that uh this year 2021 is the 40th anniversary of some of the greatest slasher films of all time as he said the year 1981 gave us halloween 2 friday the 13th part 2 evil dead the burning um, some other films include Scanners, The Howling, The Fun House, and American Werewolf in London, Ghost Story, Madhouse, just a ton of great films. Um, there was an article that I found on iHorror.com called Over 40 Years of Terror Was 1981 the Best Year of uh, Sorry, the Best Year for Horror Movies Ever Made. And I'm wondering what others think. Was 1981 the best year for slasher horror? Um, tell us what you think. Um, but as I um, I suggested to Martin after the show that we should do a film festival called the 1981 Slash and Slice Fest. Uh, maybe our friends over at Nightmare 365 could even co-sponsor it. It could be something that we do at the, the pizza place at the Fourth Horseman. Uh, some slasher films, some slices of pizza, some beer. I don't know. It could be cool. But um, yeah, other than that, Tom, anything else uh, before we call it a night? No, I think that'll do it. All right, well, that is going to do it for this episode of the Jack Lantern Press Podcast. For more about the monster universe and the monster revolution that's upon us, go to jackolanternpress.com. You can also call our pumpkin hotline and leave us a message with any questions, suggestions, or your impressions of the show at 323-761-0276. And if you enjoyed the show, please give us a rating and a review. It's a big help for the podcast, and we'd greatly appreciate it. And don't forget to check out our book, Transylvania Traveler, which uh, is also available at jackolanternpress.com. Now, to uh, take us out, we usually like to play a clip from a Halloween Sounds album that Tom and I had as kids. Tonight, we're going to play something I found a number of years back on a blog page named after an old Halloween Scar makeup brand called Scar Stuff. In the early 2000s, I discovered the Scar Stuff blog, and it had a ton of old Halloween Sounds and Scary Stories albums that you could download. And there were also um, some really cool monster rock songs that the, the guy who runs his blog, he kind of layered them with sound effects and classic uh, uh, sounds from movies, horror movies and whatnot. Um, so this song here tonight is by The Ventures and it's called The Fourth Dimension, fittingly for The Fourth Horseman. So thanks for joining us this evening, and uh, we will meet up again soon in the pumpkin patch. Witnesses to the effect that people who acted as though they were in a kind of trance were killing and eating their victims prompted authorities to examine the bodies of some of the victims. Medical authorities in Cumberland have concluded that in all cases, the killers are eating the flesh of the people they murdered. Repeating this latest bulletin just received moments ago from Cumberland, Maryland, Civil defense authorities have told newsmen that murder victims show evidence of having been partially devoured by their murderers.
medical examination of victims' bodies shows conclusively that the killers are eating the flesh of the people they kill. This is the latest disclosure report from National Civil Defense Headquarters in Washington. Okay. Got it. I mean, listen, I'm sitting here in my tidy whities shotgunning beers, just like, you know, <laughs> I got 84. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. No, no, but. Yeah. <laughs> we're not talking to John Carpenter. <laughs> yeah, I just want to let you know that Zoom cut us out at 40 minutes, bro. We got to restart this. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, Mr. Carpenter. Uh, we don't have a subscription for Zoom recording. Yeah, you. You could surely donate to our podcast. <laughs> Don't forget to smash that like button and yeah. subscribe to the podcast. <laughs> Maybe next time we interview, we could actually afford Zoom. <laughs> no, are you kidding? No, I'm just, you know, I'm like, I feel like I'm talking to friends and just, you know, whatever. There you go. There you go. All right. You guys ready to jump back in? Yeah. You're yeah. Let's do it. An organized to search out and 